Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, with you for another episode. A standard is the standard. This is strange. It's, we're normally on Wednesday nights. That's nothing new. But at the same time, we're never, except for once a year, on the day before a game. And yet here we are preparing for the Thursday night football game in week 11. The Steelers and the Browns are getting ready to square off on the shores of Lake Erie. As always, I bring in my co-host Lance Williams. Lance, what's up? You know, what's also rare is that I'm actually here at the start of the show. <laughs> well, I California traffic can be a doozy, I hear. Yes, it is. It is quite uh, an event, and an, it, it's it's something every single day. <laughs> I bet. Have the wildfires calmed down out there? Yes. Uh, yes, they have. And typically what happens is you'll have a lot of wildfire news and stuff. You know, they'll be going out of control for a couple of days, and then, they just kind of die down. They're still probably burning, but they're probably just like 85% contained. And because they're so contained, they're not news anymore. Gotcha. You know, when they're, you know, when they're 5% contained, then it's news. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what I've started to do to get the live chat going is to just kind of say, you know, Hey, where's everyone watching from? Did this last night. And I used to do it in the off season all the time. And I just kind of forgot, um, and so there's people from all over Lance. We've got people from Ohio, San Francisco, Florida, Northeast Pennsylvania, um, Brazil, Orange County, El Paso, Texas, Asheville, North Carolina, the Poconos all over, man, all over. People are watching us from all over the world. When I used to do this show, you know, before we did the show together, I used to get a platoon of troops from Afghanistan that used to always tune into the show. Really, I used, to, used to always, I used to always just be amazed by that. That you know, that's kind of how they got their Steeler news. Hopefully, I informed them well. Hopefully, <laughs> they were they were misinformed, but that's how they got a lot of their Steeler information was through the pod, uh, because I believe they were stationed somewhere, and you know, they were troops. You know, happy, uh, you know, Veterans Day to those guys if they still listen. Absolutely. And you know what? Anytime I get someone from my home state of West Virginia, oh, nope, not that one, <laughs> chiming in, I'm going to put them up there on the screen. There's Kyle Wise. He's from central West Virginia because I'm from Wheeling, West Virginia. That's where I was born and raised. So anyone that's from West Virginia gets a shout out here on the show. The funny thing is, is like Chris chimes in from Pittsburgh. Very few people I've seen actually watch and follow our channel from Pittsburgh. 
which is funny, I guess. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, fine. You know, but I, I understand why. I mean, they're there, so they feel like they're getting they're close to it and they're you know kind of getting their information from some of their local guys. So I, I understand that. Hopefully, you're not listening to Mark Madden. Oh, the super genius, as he calls himself. <laughs> if you're gonna call yourself a genius you might as well be a super genius that's right okay so let's let's talk about something here i want to talk about two topics before we get into show notes okay my first one kind of involves the team from up north and it has to do with the news that actually is not about football but i want to bring it into um football terms okay did you have something to say before we get started no, I'm 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 right, I'm like, wow, what is this? I haven't Did you hear the news about the Houston Astros recently? Oh yes, I did. Stealing signs. They had yes. a camera planted out there and so what is your thought on teams like that team up north that are gonna bend the rules, do something a little bit iffy to try to get a competitive edge? I just call it flat out cheating. Some people call it a competitive edge or a competitive advantage like when you hear stuff like that what are your thoughts i think i'm in that camp of the hashtag if you're not cheating you're not trying camp because i'll answer and i'll and i'll go further on to answer the question by ans- asking listeners right now a question if the steelers won a seventh super bowl and you found out that the Steelers were stealing signals in that victory from the opposition, and they used that information to secure a seventh touch, a seventh Lombardi. I don't think anyone would care, and that's why I don't care. Well, stealing signals is something that e- football teams do that all the time. When you're on the sideline, you're going to look and see, okay, when their coach does this or does that then they're going to deploy this package or they're going to put this unit on the field. What the Patriots did in Spygate was totally different. They were filming walkthroughs and they were filming coaches signals and all this other stuff. In my opinion, and it's interesting because the Spygate videotapes were destroyed. So that tells me that the video evidence was so damning of the team that won the Super Bowl that year that they had to destroy the evidence. No, now, no I disagree. You I, disagree, I disagree with what? That's fact. There's nothing to you know, disagree with. No, you, they, they destroyed the, the tapes. I disagree what was on the tapes. I think it was Bob Kraft. I think it was Bob Kraft. <laughs> I don't think it was Belichick. I think it was Bob Kraft. That, that's my take. I'll go to my grave saying it was Bob Kraft on the tape. Oh my gosh. Okay, I get. It. I get. It. <laughs> I you know I, I'm I'm of the camp that I, I want I want the if you're gonna win a championship, yeah. Would I complain if it came out that the Steelers might have stolen some signals, whatever? I wouldn't complain about it because they're not going to strip you of the title unless it's that bad. And I, but I still want to, I'd rather be straight up. We'll put it that way. I'd rather be straight up. Yeah. Mind I mean, up know, 11 Jeff. on 11 and your team was better than their team. Yeah. You're more honest than I, Jeff, you know, <laughs> that, 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 that makes perfect sense, but it was cra- <laughs> It was craft on those videos. It I was, don't even want to get into what was on those videos. You can just leave it at that. It we're not diving. No, we're not it doing none of that. Don't, no, 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 no. And it wasn't even VCR tape. It was real. It was old school real. It was, it was, <laughs> it was on real. <laughs> okay, so that was just on the top. That was a topic of discussion a lot today on my ride home from work when I was listening to Sports Talk Radio. I wanted to get your take on that. Here's the second thing that I want to talk about, and that is the title of this episode. And that is something that I want to get your answer before I question you about this a little bit. Does style points matter with the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2019 in regards to how they win? Should it matter? Because our conversations off of the air via text message kind of alludes to me like you care about those style points. I'll let you answer the question. I, I, I do care about style points. I think you have to win. I think teams that win convincingly, consistently 
are really good teams. You know, people always talk about, you know, good teams are teams that overcome adversity. They win the close games. You know, kind of all those cliches that I mess up every single week because, <laughs> you know, I don't have them. So I'm trying to pull them <laughs> off the top of my head and they're all getting mixed up. If you blow teams out every single week, you're a lot better than a team that wins by field goal, one point, two points, four points. If you go through history and you look at Super Bowl championship winning teams, they win by an average of probably close to a touchdown. Teams that win championships beat teams up all year and they play a couple of close games. So style points matter. I mean, at some point in time, you have to play clean football consistently if you're going to beat Hall of Fame quarterbacks in the playoffs, if you're going to run the table, if you're going to win championships, you have to play clean football. Now, I'm not going to ever begrudge them for winning or say that a, a win is a cheap win because all wins are valued the same. They count the same. But you want to be playing good, clean, quality football going into the stretch run. So style points do matter. Okay, now let's be more specific to one individual player. And that's Mason Rudolph. You've been very critical of him off the air and his improvement and maybe steps forward, steps backwards. Do style points matter with his position in regards to what he's doing and where your expectations lie? Yeah, I think the style points matter, particularly on third down and in the red zone. I mean, that's where you really want him playing his best football. But the one thing I was thinking about when looking at the game a couple of times again and going back to the admission from Coach Tomlin that he called that play-action pass out of the end zone, well, that's all you need to, to see in terms of confidence. And if they think he's playing good football, if they think he's improved, to call that play in that spot in a close game after he had taken a safety the week prior, that just shows you what the coaching staff feels about Mason Rudolph. And going forward on fourth down your own end and, in the fourth quarter. And, and going forward on fourth down. So they're convinced that he's made ample steps and ample progress in terms of becoming a better player. And I think he is getting incrementally better. I just don't think it's probably the leap. It's probably the bunny hop. <laughs> better that I suggested on the post game, not the Carl Lewis Bob Beeman leap that this defense have made. He's making bunny hops every week and he's getting better because you were right, Jeff. There were some drops in the game had wide receivers made his stat line looks a lot better and the narrative could be different. Okay. So here's, here's my beef with what you just said from start to finish is that you about the fifth or sixth week of the season, we both said it. We both waxed poetic about it. And that was expectations. You got to lower your expectations. I guess, especially with Mason Rudolph. Now, people that are in the live chat or listening on audio platforms or watching us on YouTube are not privy to our personal conversations via text message. It almost seems like you're putting Ben Roethlisberger-type expectations on essentially a rookie quarterback. No, 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 no. Oh, yes, 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 yes. You're like, <laughs> you're, he, he sucks in the red zone. He's third downs are awful. Well, what do you think? He's like, he's learning as he's going. He, this is his first, he's only had six starts under his belt or five of six, I think now. And so I guess my, my question is like, so you say style points matter. What happened to lowering your expectations? Are your expectations now changing because they've won four games in a row? Is this team that drastically different well, than the team that was one and four and oh and three? Well, expectations always shift. My uh, expectation for back, him is backpedal, 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 back. My expectation <laughs> is not for him to be Ben Roethlisberger. But once you get to five and let's say, for instance, right, right now they were one and seven. Right. If they were a one and seven, they're five or four. They were one and eight right now. If they were a one and eight football team, I have no expectations. The season's pretty much over. Like you have no expectations. But as you win and as you improve and you start to put better tape, 
consistently, then the expectations do change. There is an expectation that you continue to do that, and then you improve on that play. So if you go from the start of the season where your expectation was pretty much nothing, as you win, it's going to increase. So, you know, the evaluation is going to continue, and the expectations on him are going to increase as he has success and as the team has success. You know, once you start winning and once you start playing well, you can't put it back in the box anymore. The, the expectation is that that continues and you improve upon that. So, you know, maybe he is a a victim of his own success, so to speak. Offensively, my expectations are still very low because it's such a young group. I mean, outside of the offensive line, I mean, they are young. And so my expectations have been extremely low all season and continue to be extremely low. If Mason Rudolph goes out Thursday night and throws for 300 yards and three touchdowns, I'm like, hey, hot dog. That was awesome. Fun to watch. <laughs> but if he goes out and throws for 220, one touchdown and zero interceptions, which seems to be like his trending stat line, I'm like, hey, that's what I was expecting. He protects the football. And that's if you listen to his him talk, his media availability, it's always the same thing. We got to protect the football, plus net yards, punt yards, all this stuff. He talks about so maybe it over that's what the grade. So maybe if we're being fair, moving forward and grading him, the 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 overwhelming bulk of the grade should come from turnovers and him protecting the football. Because it's not him, him that's turning and, it and over. him not losing the game. It's that, not him that's turning it over. It's they're fumbling the crap out of the ball. Let me ask you this before we get into the show notes. Do you think the streak will continue? Because the Steelers now have 16. 16 straight games with the turnover. Do you think the streak will continue? I asked the I asked the guys this question on the Steelers preview last night, and I was the only one that said I think it's gonna stop. I, I just think that the fumbles fumbling I I feel like is something you can learn. You can learn when you're vulnerable, when you're running with a football, like I don't think James Washington is going to get stuck in that position again and not have a general understanding that I'm in a vulnerable position when, when I'm carrying the ball, when defenders are coming up my back, when I am clearly not, he cut all the way across the middle of the field. That's like a disaster waiting to happen. So, <laughs> but James Connor, he has a fumbling, he's fumbled a couple times. Juju Smith Schuster fumbled a couple times. I'm going to say that, Mason Rudolph plays it safe. I think they're going to run the ball well. If they don't fumble it, I think the streak ends tomorrow night. What about you? I yeah, hope. Uh, now that's it. I mean that that streak is a hell of a trend. Now, we were talking about, and we're going to talk about sustainability in the way they're playing. That's that that's a trend. I'm going to say I'm going to agree with you, Jeff. I I, I think the trend snaps. Okay. Um, I I think they won't turn it over. I mean, 16 games in a row. I mean, that's an entire season. It is no it's no surprise, you know, that in those 16 games, they're probably 500. So or maybe one game over 500. Uh, yeah. So, you know, turnovers are a monster. And, um, you know, just luckily for them, they're averaging close to three, getting three turnovers per game to mitigate that and offset that. 26 they're they're at a uh two to one takeaway to turnover ratio it's pretty pretty darn good last yeah, like, year yeah. last year we were talking about just being on the plus side of that give to take and now they're it's, what, plus 13 they're, they're plus 13 yeah yeah the patriots are ridiculous that team up north is they only ridiculous. have one more they but only they're have a plus 17 though wow plus yeah. 17 is just that's nuts so that is okay so lee willis has he put five dollars in the tip jar a while ago and i saved it he said, is it me, or does Mason Rudolph look like he bobbles the ball every time he takes a snap from under center? Well, Lee, it's possible that you are right, that your eyes are not deceiving you, because when Mason Rudolph was drafted out of Oklahoma State, which is Big 12 school, he didn't run anything under the center. He was a shotgun quarterback. And so one of the biggest things that he had to work on the most as a rookie last season was taking snaps under center. He just wasn't used to it. And so there is a chance that uh, Pouncey and Rudolph are still working things out. Um, and there's also a chance that he is still kind of getting, you know, getting acclimated to life under a center's rear end. We'll put it that way. <laughs> just, but, let's, just, let's just say that the expectations are so low that, you know, getting it, the exchange from the center is, 
You know, don't don't worry about that. We've we've put the expectations for Mason at an all time low. So if he bobbles, it's okay. Well, it's, not, it's not an all time low. It's it's just a, it, my expectations for him are I really don't have any expectations. Like if he goes out and plays really well, I'm I'm extremely happy, stoked. But at the same time, if he goes out and he doesn't. He's not driving the ball down the field and he's checking it down. He's playing safe. He's playing. He's probably doing exactly what Randy Feetner is telling him to do. Play it yeah, safe. I mean, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. It's when you get that unexpected treat that you didn't, you know, you didn't think you were going to get. You go play on the course and you get selected for a free round to play next week with a cart. You're like, wow, that's great. I didn't think I was going to get a free round with a cart. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Well, but you, here's the thing, though. You've watched more film than I do. I see him starting to push the ball down the field more. I'm not saying it's enough. I'm not saying that they're better throws. I'm not saying that he's at an upper echelon level. I'm saying that he is starting to push the ball down the field more. You saw it more against L.A. in Week 10 than, in my opinion, you had in any game so far that he's been the quarterback. You agree or disagree? I agree. And I, I thought, and I thought some of those throws were pretty good throws. I can only think of one that I said, "Boy, that was a bad throw," and that was one where he threw behind James Washington, and it, it was an incomplete pass. Um, maybe it's another one to Vance McDonald, where Vance McDonald had to almost play defender and break it up. Those two throws come to mind. I can't think of any others, but I think that he's he's improving. Like you said, it might be bunny hops. Not every quarterback is gonna come in. And think about it. You know, we I asked this question two weeks ago, and that was when was the last time a quarterback came in and just from the moment they got started, they were awesome. And you brought up Dan Marino. Some other people in the live chat said, like, Patrick Mahomes. Kudos to those that said that because when he got in his second year, he picked it up right away. Those players are rare. They're very yeah, rare. Absolutely. Those players, Those. it takes them some time. And so that's why I got a little frustrated with you the other day, Lance, when you kept on saying all this garbage about Mason Rudolph. And I'm thinking, man, the expectations are, shouldn't be this high on this guy. Not well, yeah. yet, anyways. Not Jeff, yet. Jeff's soft on quarterbacks anyway, so. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay, let's get into the show. <laughs> see, Jeff's sophomore quarterback. You see it's coming out. But let's go into the question we were talking about at the top. I, I'm just going to go over the Ram game grades. That's pretty much done. That game is over. Which sucks because it's only Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, it's only Wednesday. That game is dead. That, that game is dead. But we, we talked well, about no, Hold on, hold on. Can I bring up something defensively sure. that you might want to look at? Um, I, I just published this on the website tonight, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, because I saw Brian Balding or Baldy from the NFL Network posted a it's about seven minutes a breakdown on his Twitter feed on how the Steelers stymied the Rams on third down. The Rams only converted one third down the entire game. Did you see what they did by chance when you watched film? I didn't. I have not got to that film, but I do know I saw a couple of plays, and I do know that they played. Uh, they bracketed Cooper Cup pretty. They bracketed Cooper Cup on every third down, and they ran seven DBs using Mark Barron as like a roaming safety every single time. And what was really crazy, and you see this when he's breaking it down, you don't necessarily see it live, at least I don't, is that, my goodness, they left the middle of the field wide open because they knew Jared Goff is not running anywhere. Right. And so they picked up Gurley out of the backfield. That was Barron's job, and they bracketed Cooper Cup, and the, the coverage was... It was a thing of beauty. Like, let's be honest. Steven Nelson, Joe Hayden had tremendous football games. And so I I hope fans don't check out that article. I hope you do check out the article. I hope you don't watch that watch that video in the article and say, oh, they'll just be able to do this every week. I think that's a one one week thing. It's going to work against them, especially without Brandon Cooks. Might not work against Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But we talked about the top. Um is the style of winning that they're doing sustainable? And and I think you asked me the question, and and, and I'm going to answer it real quick, and then I'm going to toss it back to you. I said no 
on, on, on the um, post game. And of course, you know, since I say no, I'm, I'm the Steeler hater. <laughs> so of course, of course I was going to say no, but the way I, I wanted to add something to the answer that I gave and it kind of, it, it kind of was illuminating when I was putting the stats into my stat sheet this week. And, and I saw that the Steelers are averaging close to three turnovers a game. And the first thing that hit me was, man, can they sustain that? And two, in the last two weeks, their defense scored touchdowns. I mean, you got, like, I just said to myself that there's no way that they can sustain that. I mean, this output of turnovers is ridiculous. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. And I know you always say you can't do it until you do it. So at some point in time, you will do it, and it could happen. But while I, I would say that averaging three turnovers a game has to be close to some record. I mean, that's insane. Three turnovers a game is absolutely insane. And, I, and just from that perspective, I'm thinking they can't do that, that at some point in time that the offense is going to have to, you know, hold some of this weight more on its shoulders. I mean, you can't just put your defense in a position where it has to score and it has to score touchdowns for you to win games. I, I think the defense is going to continue to play well. I, I think the defense has hit its stride. I, I think Butler knows what he has in this defense. I think he's confident in what the defense is doing from a neck up perspective and that the players can actually handle some of the stuff that he's asking them to do. And I think Minka is the safety blanket on top of all that, that he can clean some of that stuff up if something doesn't go right, sort of like Troy could clean stuff up. Uh, but I just don't think the, the turnovers that they're getting is sustainable and, and, and the defense having to score to win games. So I think if the offense plays a touch better, a couple bunny hops better to match this defense <laughs> – then it's something dangerous. But the way they're winning now in the last two weeks, I don't think that's particularly sustainable. In my opinion, are the touchdowns, defensive touchdowns sustainable? You can never bank on a defensive touchdown. But the way that this defense plays, and mainly quarterback hits and sacks, I think that the turnovers are sustainable. Because you've noticed an increase in strip sacks, it interceptions based on two factors. Number one, they're getting to the quarterback. The quarterback is, you can visibly see the quarterback getting flustered. You've seen it the last two weeks with Hoyer at times, and then you saw it a lot with Goff last week. And I expect you're going to see it with Mayfield on Thursday. And so, and then when you, when you have a Minka Fitzpatrick back there, and again, watch that breakdown in that article on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and they highlight Fitzpatrick. I haven't seen a safety read plays like him since Troy played for the Steelers. They played different positions. I understand that, but he's such a smart player. And Mike Tomlin has said this repeatedly is that he is a football junkie. He takes copious. How about that word? Copious amounts of notes in team meetings. And he is ridiculously prepared when he steps on the football field. And you can see, and there's actually a play in the fourth quarter where it got batted down the line by Cam Hayward. If it doesn't get batted down, it's he, interception. It's a pick six. He's walking mm -hmm. into the end zone, and you can see him. He throws his hands up like, dang it, I had it. I had another one. It makes, when I see that, I think to myself, shoot, these turnovers might not be going away so quickly. Now, you're going to average three a game. That's a little much, but I think they're going to get their takeaways. The question for me is, is it sustainable? It's only sustainable if the offense stops giving it up. You got to, in terms of the style of winning, you got to stop giving it up because if they're going to get you all these extra possessions, you can't give them back. So the fumbles have got to stop. If the, the interceptions, although they've been minimized under Mason Rudolph, you just can't have it. You just can't have it unless it's one of those situations where it's third down. You take a deep shot down the field, it gets picked off. It's basically like a punt still. You can't give the ball away. But this defense, I have yet to see anything or think about anything that would make me think that they're not going to still create takeaways, period. Yeah, I mean, if you're arguing from the perspective of is the pressure the foundation for the turnovers, 
then I understand what you're saying. Because I think what we've seen in the last three years is the pressure and the sack totals are absolutely sustainable because they've they're going to probably unless they're going to have some significant injuries or they get cold over the last seven games, they're going to have 50 plus sacks again because I think they're at 33 right now. Yeah. So third, third in the league, I believe third in the league at 30 at 33. So to get 17 sacks over the last seven, they still play the Browns 17. twice, the yes. Bengals and the Jets. Yes. Or, those are three of maybe the worst offensive lines right. in the entire so, NFL. And that would be, I think, a record for the Steelers. Three three consecutive it seasons of 50-plus sacks. So, it would be. You know, so if you're banking it on the sacks, yes, the turnovers, I think if they're a product of the sacks and you believe that, then I could see the turnovers are continuing. But they, you're absolutely right on the opposite end. They have to stop turning the ball over. I mean, that has to stop so they can really maximize – the turnovers. Another question I want to jump into you, Jeff, and I think you guys might have hinted on it, but with the short week, uh, what impact, what, what team will it be impacted, will be impacted the most by it? Steelers or the Browns? Well, I'll tell you what, it, there's, there's different caveats for both of these teams for multiple reasons. Dave Schofield talked at length on his Stat Geek and again last night on the Steelers preview about how difficult it is for teams with rookie coaches Freddie Kitchens of the Cleveland Browns is a rookie head coach. I thought because, that was a great point. Great point. Because right they don't understand what it takes to get a team ready on a short week. Because believe it or not, it, I, I believe I heard some players talk a couple years ago about how they almost start preparing for the upcoming Thursday night game while still getting ready for the previous week. So they start looking at film numbers and things like that a rookie coach might not know all that might not have his team as prepared. And so that's a, a definitely a, a cut on the Browns. But at the same time, you have the Steelers who are putting Mason Rudolph out there. Who's also not used to it. He's been through it. He was on the team last year. So I don't know if one outweighs the other. I think that the coach is especially kitchens has been under fire a lot this year. I feel like the Steelers are going to have a game plan that they feel is going to be super simplified as if they could be any simpler and uh, with Mason Rudolph. And I think they're going to be a team that is going to rely on their defense to play well and defense travels. Well, defense doesn't need, I don't feel as much time to prepare. What are your thoughts? It's funny you say that. And I'm going to agree with Dave and people are going to be surprised with me because I'm going to think that the impact to kitchens is going to have more of an impact. So I think the impact is going to be more on the Browns. One thing you gather from the Browns, get, the, the Browns are that very talented team that beats itself every week. It's that team that if you played high school or if you played in college, that they look absolutely like Tarzan coming off the bus. But they play like Jane. They make mistakes. They fight with each other. They make bonehead plays. They create penalties. They just create ways to lose games. But when you look at them, you look at them on tape, you look at them on the bus, you're just like, these guys are just ridiculous. They're, they're specimens, but they're awful when they actually play. A Browns team, which I think is the most penalized team in the National Football League, if I'm not mistaken, on a short week, that feels like that could get really ugly. It feels like that's a team that's typically not really disciplined or prepared on a short week might look awful. They are combustible. Absolutely. They, they are like playing with matches around a tank of gasoline or even better. You ever seen a Christmas tree get lit on fire? Yes. Oof, I mean, it just bang, it's gone. Yes. That's what they feel like. It feels like if everything goes fine, you're they're fine, but once the first light of that match, boom, it just goes up in flames. They are very, very combustible. Now, Lance, I don't want to cut the flow of the show, but Snowman put five dollars in the tip jar. I've been wanting to get this on the screen here, and he said, "Who's going to be returning kicks since Mister Fair Catch, or as Lance calls him, Mister Electronic Fo Football? Electronic man. Football Machine is not playing. He's been ruled out." I think Deontay Johnson will probably return some kicks. If it's kickoff duties, don't be surprised if you see uh, 
Juju Smith-Schuster possibly back there. He's done that in the past. Um, and then there's the new, I can't think of the guy's name. This horrible. The the running back that, uh, the little guy, real quick. Three, three names. He, he doesn't have names. a hyphen. He's Dash. <laughs> yes, he's Dash. He's that guy. Mr. He's Dash. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to see. It'll be interesting what they do in terms of I think Deontay Johnson will probably be back there as well. Deontay Johnson just doesn't need to try to do Antoine Randall 2.0. Catch the ball, move forward. You don't have it. Just take take it. Just take it out of bounds. You don't need to run. It. Yeah. Brooks you know James. Because you know the because you know the first time a guy fumbles it, everybody's gonna say, Man, I miss Switzer. No, so, no one's gonna say no. <laughs> the electronic, you know, I saw some old clips of the electronic football man in Dallas, and I was like, "That's a different guy." <laughs> I was like, "The guy in Pittsburgh is a clone." So, like, it's he's not real. He's not the same guy. The guy in Dallas was much different. He had a lot of juice. I mean, I actually saw him return one, and I was like, "Wow, th- this isn't the same guy. This isn't Ryan Switzer. No, 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 no. That, 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 that that's a clone." Or so well, before we get into the Brown breakdown, though, I read something on ESPN. ESPN did this super granular deep dive into ranking players on both sides of the ball. I mean, to the point of best slot receiver, best best cornerback against a hook route, best cornerback against a slant. I mean, it was it was su- it was super granular. I was like, wow. It's like, wow, this is really like a lot. But two names showed up from the Steelers. Minka Fitzpatrick was named the best deep safety and TJ Watt was named the best edge rusher by ESPN. Do you disagree with those? Heck no. How could you Minka Fitzpatrick has more touchdowns this year than Odell Beckham jr. Wow. Wow. I didn't (laughs) think of it that way. (laughs) Minka's got two. Minka's our best offensive player. Period. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, whoa, whoa, that's that's ooh, that's kind of so definitely, definitely Minka. You, you look at his stats since he joined the Steelers, they're just mind boggling numbers. I mean, it's he does what he did, what, how, what, who, really, yeah, worth every penny, by the way. TJ Watt to me has been proving himself not that he has to, but he's improving himself over and over and over again every time he steps on the field. The guy is just, he's a monster. He's even better. He's even better now. Oh, yeah, he's gotten better. Hell yeah, he's gotten better. He was, he was, he was really good last year, but now he's, he's an elite dude now. Like he's like, I expect to see him do something ridiculous every game now. I mean, that, that's where it is. When I see TJ, when TJ said, when, when TJ liked a couple games ago, when he got the sack, the strip and the pin and the recovery all in one play, I was like, oh, that's just TJ being TJ. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's, 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 that's where it is now with TJ. Yeah. That's just TJ doing TJ. Well, Mike Tomlin said, every team needs a watt. That's what he said. Every team needs a watt. And it's hard to believe that there were some people that had TJ Watt as a second round or second round grade when he was drafted. In 2017, he's he's a hundred white. He's a definitely a hundred watt light bulb. So, before we get into the Brown game, is he the best dealer right now? Is he the best dealers player? TJ. Yeah, I'm gonna say yes, just because his body of work is greater than someone like Mink. I mean, Mink has been tremendous. Don't get me wrong, but uh, he also hasn't been there as long. And TJ Watt did it last year and the year before that, and he just finds new and improved ways to make plays, and he's getting better and better. And uh, I don't see that stopping anytime soon. I think by far he's the best dealer right now. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I agree. Even if Ben were playing, I think B, I think where TJ is is that he's even surpassed seven as, as the best player. I mean, TJ is a dominant player, quite possibly the best player at his position in the National Football League. Now, of course, the quarterback position is more important, but TJ might be the best outside linebacker edge rusher in, in football like tj is is that dude like tj to me right now is a first team all pro guy like just 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 write that that's just solidified not pro bowler i'm saying first team all pro guy you know not just 
the pro bowl guy, your friends vote for you. Hey man, vote for me. I'll give you my ticket to Hawaii when I don't play. Hey, not, not, not re, that re, stuff. Retweet this for my vet. Retweet this now. <laughs> no, but TJ is at that point. But let's but let's shift to the Browns game. Why don't you okay. uh break down the injury report for us going into the game? I haven't seen the Browns. Um, I, I know that they had a linebacker that's gonna be out. I don't know the name off the top of my head, but most of their big time players are playing. The Steelers, um, I could bring it up quickly. I don't have it in front of me. I know that um Connor is in, was not even designated anything, so that's great news. I believe Foster is in. Um, you have Roosevelt Nix and Anthony Chicklow are questionable. And then there's a slew of players that are out. I should look it up. Let me look it up. Lance, you go ahead and talk for a little bit. Um, and the injuries. Yeah. Let me bring this up quick. Go ahead. Look, looking at this Browns game. And of course, I mean, you guys, I'm sure did a, a super deep dive into it. Um, you know, last night on the show, I don't know if uh, you can say that with Brian Anthony Davis on the show. Well, you can you can say just take it. I know you can say that. <laughs> the stripper scout. I mean, like, whoa. I mean, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, <laughs> you guys have to go. I don't want to say fast forward all of the show to like the last five minutes or maybe like five, seven minutes maybe. But fast forward the show to like the last seven minutes when, uh, first of all, he does a, a – a scout strip tease, and then he talks about <laughs> comparing the Steelers to a 2 a.m. booty call. Hashtag just take it. Well, you know, in the description, <laughs> you know, in the description of that, I say no one breaks down the game like the Steelers preview. And that doesn't mean like we're super X's and O's guys. It means that you won't find anyone else that says what Brian Anthony Davis says on a weekly basis. All right, let's get to the injury report. Um, here's who is out for the Pittsburgh Steelers on Thursday night. Ryan Switzer is out with a back. Benny Snell, Benny No Jets is out with the knee. Uh, Roosevelt Nix, I apologize, is out with his knee injury. Questionable is Anthony Ciccolo with his ribs. Uh, questionable Joe Hayden with an illness. And then full participants were Marquise Pouncey, not injury-related. Uh, Ola Denye was full participant with his hip. And Ramon Foster was full with his concussion and i mentioned james connor on the other side of things i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here is in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Uh, the Cleveland Browns, Oliver Vernon did not practice. He is out, I believe. Uh, hold on. Yeah. Um and then oh, Olivier, I think it's Olivier. Olivier, yes, I'm sorry. And then everyone else is questionable. That's uh, Kendall Lamb as a tackle. Ricky Seals Jones, the tight end, is questionable. Eric Murray, defensive back, is knee is did not participate. So I think he's out. So there you have it. Injury report. Give me one key. Steelers offense against the Browns defense. Run that the football. <laughs> Can they run the football? Can they do it? The Browns yeah. aren't the Browns aren't a very good run defense. Can the no. Steelers actually? But the Steelers are very inconsistent to a bad run team. Can this Steeler running game actually go? Do you think go to Cleveland and make an impact and control this football game? Well, I mean, I compare the the run defense of Cleveland to the run defense of Miami, and they hung up 145 on the Dolphins. I mean, so they're capable. Uh, were they capable against the Rams? No, but then again, the Rams have a very good defense. Let's not downgrade what the Rams bring to a, a team as a defense. Um, they're very good. And a lot of people are saying the Steelers won't face a defense that good for the rest of the season. So I think they can run the football and I think they're going to run the football. I think they're going to try at least to run the football. And I think that's going to be key. You said it at the post game show after Sunday's game. You don't want Mason Rudolph throwing the ball 38 times. You just don't. You want to run the ball. You want to control the clock. And then you want to keep your defense fresh. So when they get on the field, they're going after Faker with full tanks of gas. So I'm going to say the key for me offensively 
is run the football so you can remain what's the B word balanced. That's what balanced. What yes. what does uh Mason's stat line look like on the short week? And we all have talked about the impact of the short week on Mason. Just more specifically, like what do you think his game looks like? Like what type of game? Is it the controlled short underneath passing game? He's not gonna really take any risks. Like, what do you think he's gonna look like on this Thursday with this little bit of preparation? I don't think you're gonna see much different from him. I mean, he's gonna they're gonna dial up plays that are safe. They're gonna dial up plays that are designed for him to not take deep shots. They're gonna they're, they're gonna take their shots on occasion, but they're going to want to simplify, but his offense has already been simplified. So therefore I don't feel like they have a full playbook already to work with. So they're just going to roll with the playbook they have. The one thing that they've done, and it's been very obvious to me is since the Bengals game on Monday night football, their first win of the season, that was when you saw the wildcat. That's when you saw the jet sweeps. That's when you saw them getting to the edge on their linebackers. It was very clear to me that this was not, Ben Roethlisberger's team, they're going to go out and do what they do no matter what the other team does, which frustrated the crap out of me anyways. They are a, this is a week-by-week offense. We're going to game plan for what we think is going to do well against this particular opponent. And so you heard Mason Rudolph say after the game against the Rams, I didn't throw it to one running back 13 times like I did the previous week against the Colts. Watch the Colts highlights, watch the Colts film, and you see those plays were open and that's what they wanted to do. They wanted to get it to a guy like Jalen Samuels in space because they're going to take those chunks of six, seven, eight yards a clip because they're always there. So I think that the Browns are going to probably try to crowd the line of scrimmage and they're going to force him to try to get the ball down the field. And they're, I think they're going to sell out to stop those intermediate routes as well as the run. It's going to be up to him to beat them, but I think you're going to see a very similar game plan. I don't think it's going to be that crazy. So what's that stat line look like? You, you've you done a good job this year of kind of predicting the Mason Rudolph stat line. So on this Thursday night, I think ideally a stat line would be something like 22 of 28. So an efficient game in terms of completions and attempts. We'll say with 220 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, or one touchdown, no interceptions. Pretty Pretty status quo. And that's something I we talked about the other day on the show. Uh, the preview is maybe this is just you know I asked Dave before we before Brian came on and just caused chaos. Um, <laughs> I said, when is Mason going to throw for over three hundred yards? And he said, I don't think he has to. And I said, that's a good point. I never thought about it that way. You know, there was a, there was a time, and I think this this statistic is still ridiculously skewed in one way that when Ben Roethlisberger throws through for over 300 yards, the Steelers had a losing record, (laughs) you know? And so maybe they don't need him to throw for 300 yards. Maybe they don't need him to throw for five touchdowns and that's okay too. We just have to alter our expectations. You know, on the defensive side of football, I think it's just simple, stupid. I mean, you have to really, you have to stop Chubb. I mean, you got a pound chub to a nub. I mean, it's just just pretty easy. Baker Mayfield is not playing quality football. He is not. He has no rapport or relationship with his wideouts. I mean, right now, Odell Beckham, one of the most talented wide receivers in football, one of the most talented wide receivers who's come in the game in the last five years. Like you said, Minka Fitzpatrick has more touchdowns. They have no rapport. The passing game is struggling. I was watching a game against Buffalo. This is an offense that I believe had nine snaps from the three, from inside the three-yard line and kicked a field goal. Nine snaps. In those nine snaps, they got two PI penalties and got first downs and still couldn't do anything with it. So this offense is struggling, uh, and they're not disciplined as well. But it comes down to stopping Chubb. I mean, Chubb right now is third in the National Football League with 919 yards. I think he's first in the National Football League. He's averaging 5.3 yards per carry, and he's second in the National Football League, averaging 102.1 yards per carry. Him, Christian McCaffrey, and and Delvin Cook are probably the three best running backs in the National Football League. Chubb is the guy that you have to stop. If you can stop Chubb without additional numbers to stop him, meaning you're playing cover 
you know, cover one. Uh, you you got to put Edmonds in the hole, and you really have to play man-to-man against those talented wide receivers on the outside. If you have to do that, you might be in some trouble. Those guys are talented players. Landry and Odell Beckham are, 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 are two really good players. You could be in trouble. So I think it's about how the Steelers handle Chubb in the running game and particularly how they handle him in sub-package football because they are going to be in subs. They're going to be playing nickel. They're going to be playing dime, and they're going to have to handle that running game in sub-package football. So I think it's a game where up front, the front has to do a really good job with this run fits and discipline and handling in the run. And I think this is a game where Watt and Dupree can really get after those tackles and, and really get after Baker Mayfield. This is a game where I expect the Steelers to have three to five sacks. I think they'll dominate up front. But I think it all starts with stopping that running game in Chubb. If they can't stop Chubb, they could be in trouble. Let me ask you this. Two questions. Number one, are you concerned about Kareem Hunt at all? Because he's now back in the fold with the Browns. Yes, I am. I'm just and I'll throw Kareem Hunt in there with the overall running game of the Browns, particularly how they're deploying him as a fullback and they're using him out of the backfield as well. I mean, that's a one two punch. That's a hammer. And they have not seen how they're going to use Hunt. They've only probably used him, I think, maybe about 15 plays in the last game. So I'm sure there's some tricks that the Browns have up their sleeve in terms of how they're going to deploy Hunt. They don't have film on it, and it's a short week. But you got to be really sound. You got to be you got to be gap sound. You got to be in your run fits. And I love the way James Lofton kind of described it on the broadcast about you know just when you say run fits, it's about putting your hand into a mitt, and just imagine putting trying to put two fingers in one mitten or two fingers in one of the uh, fingers of the mitten. You know, you have a, a finger with no, you know, uh, or a finger, I don't know, a finger with no finger in it, <laughs> oh, so to speak. Um, and so, you know, you got a loose <laughs> finger. Uh, and so, you know, you don't have the glove on. And so, anyway, a finger and a finger and a finger, you kind of get it. Just imagine putting two fingers in one hole. In a finger hole. You made a mistake by calling it a mitten. A mitten doesn't have finger holes. It just has a thumb hole. A glove mitten. Yeah. <laughs> Glove, mitten. Hey, I live in the West Coast now. Mitten, isotoner. <laughs> okay, but let me, my, my second question for you is, I agree 100%. If they my stop clothes the, are still on. I know. If they stop the run, this game is over, in my opinion. Because Absolutely. If they force the game into maybe, and this goes down to the offense, too. If the offense can get a lead and they don't have the option of running anymore, you just played right into the Steelers' hands. So it comes down to the offense, too, but defensively, especially early when the game is still probably going to be tight, what defense are you deploying to stop Chubb? Meaning, who are the linebackers you're playing? Who's going to be playing the defensive front? Because Dave pointed this out last night in his Stat Geek segment of our show, The Steelers Preview, and he said that, shockingly, guess who was used second most on the defensive front besides Cam Hayward? Uh, Defensive lineman? Yeah. Um. I'm gonna say Hargrave. Yeah, exactly. It was hard. It wasn't Alawalu. It was yeah. Hargrave. So, Got to be a little heavier. I would imagine they tried to be a little bit heavier up front. You talking? Uh, I, you talking Big Dan, or are you yeah. talking about? Or just a little bigger up front. Just a little bit bigger up front, so you could try to handle the run if you're putting the seven DBs out there. Okay. So you can be a little. I don't think they go seven DBs that much. I bet you they run. No, I, don't more, think so. I bet they run more base so. than they do the normal, or I guess nickel at least. I don't think they go yeah. to dime. Yeah, I think I think they'll be a nickel, and I think they'll be a nickel a lot with Vince because you know right now they don't really have the tight ends to really hurt the Steelers. Uh, I is mean, the, maybe Najoku. I think he's out. I think he's out on IR. I think I he's out on he IR this year. So I don't think they really have the tight ends to hurt the Steelers. Uh, so I think the Steelers can get away with playing Vince more snaps. I still think they will be pre- predominantly in nickel because they're going to play Callaway and they're going to play Beckham and Landry and they're going to put the three wide receivers out there. You know, they'll try to spread the Steelers out some and, and try to beat them up with a light box. Which, yeah. uh, but I think this is a game where on Thursdays it's real simplified on both sides of the ball. I think they're going to lean on their running game in a short week of prep. Yeah. If we have some super chats here, Lance, to get to Rob Nash, dollar ninety nine, the tip chart. He says, "Is James Conner the answer for the long term?" What do you think? Of course not. 
just durability. You were the one that pointed out that his durability is pretty average. Yeah, his durability is an issue, but even when he plays, he's an average guy. He's an average person. I think he's a complimentary back. I think you have to have another back with him, and you have them in a tandem, but I don't think he's a front-line superstar running back. He, I mean, he's not Chubb. Right. I mean, he's not as good as Chubb, or he he's not as good as either one of those backs in Cleveland. If he were one of those guys, he'd be the answer. Okay. Thomas White puts $2 in the tip charts. The Super Bowl teams equal seven or more Pro Bowlers. Who do we have? So who do you think is going to make the Pro Bowl? Yeah, that was actually on our show notes. So go That's ahead. a great point. That That's an absolute great point because you're right. Uh, teams, they have like seven to ten. Like they have a ton. I don't think the Steelers have ten, but I think on defense they have several. I, I think they have, of course, Minka. You're going to get TJ Watt. I think you're going to get Cam Hayward. When Tuit was still playing, I think you could possibly get to it. Defensive line is really tough to crack, especially when you got guys like Aaron Donald playing defensive line. Defensive line is tough. I don't think they have on the offensive side of football. I think they have DeCastro is one. Um, maybe Villanueva, maybe, but I don't think Pouncey would make the Pro Bowl. I think they have five at most. What do you think, Jeff? Well, I think I Hayward was the one that kind of got that defensive end thing changed because he plays defensive end in a three, four scheme, but he's not a pass rushing defensive end. Right. So I think that he gets it as an interior defensive lineman. I think he's putting up the numbers to do that. Um, I would say that Watts definitely two. Manka's definitely that's three. We'll say DeCastro is four. Villanueva has made it in the past. Maybe that's five. The offensive line play in the NFL is awful. So you have that going for you. Um, so five. No maybe, Foster. No Filer. No, no, definitely not. Pouncey is a question mark. He hasn't had a great season, I don't think, so I wouldn't put him yeah. in there. Um, I think the only other person you would consider if he continues to show up. It's no, Boswell. Not, but not, he won't make it. No. Not with Tucker. Maybe, not with Justin maybe Tucker. Dupree if he continues to show up. No, he won't make it. Dupree won't make it because he's never made it. He has to have a monster. No. That's a lot I'm of saying. times he continues to play well, but you kind of have to have that monster year, and he's going to be overshadowed by Watt. Like if he goes on and gets 15 sacks, something like that, for like he has to have a monster year to ascend over some guys. Because a lot of times, guys, and, and, and I think they did a pretty good job illustrating that in the Monday Night Football game. Um, I, I thought the crew did a good job in illustrating the impact that Clowney had in the game, although he did not have sacks. He was totally killing Joe Staley. I mean, he was he was he was whooping Joe Staley like wow. Like he was just pulling his belt off like son. He was just whooping Joe Staley. I was like, wow, he's kicking his butt every snap. So I don't know about Dupree. I'm not gonna say from from dud to stud to all pro. I'm not ready to go here. So that's five. So to his seven, we're saying five. Okay. I mean, if Juju has a great last seven games it, it would be tough but you never know he's a very popular player so pro bowl voting is pop is sometimes a popularity contest keep that in mind yeah but he gets like two catches five targets 26 yards I mean, it's just bad yeah he's dropped some this year too so all right what else do we have on the uh, docket besides predictions anything else we got predictions we're down to brass tax time Ooh, who baby. are you predicting who are you predicting well i made my prediction last night i'll go ahead and go first i i don't think the over under i believe is set at like 40 um so uh, i love that sound sound effect without a crisp snap yeah it was my dogs growling in his sleep sorry (laughs) (laughs) um so but still um it's one of those situations where I couldn't believe we talked about this on the postcast. I said, do you think the Steelers are going to be favored in the next three games? And we both said, yes. And they're underdogs. They're two and a half point underdogs Thursday night in Cleveland. I say, take the Steelers, take the points, but take the under. I think the Steelers win 24 to 13 in this game uh, Thursday night. I think it might be close, but I think the defense stands tall, gets a turnover, leads to a touchdown 24, 13. What's your prediction? First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. 
Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Stop. Hold the presses. Oh, don't do it. You don't want me to do it? <laughs> no, you, don't want me to, you, don't, you don't want me to do it? No, pick, <laughs> who, you, pick who you think is going to win. Everyone knows who I'm going to pick, but pick who you think is going to win. I think the Steelers are going to win. Okay. What's the and, score? And I think the Steelers win 21-13. Ooh, okay. I think the turnover streak continues. Uh, I don't trust Baker Mayfield at all. And, you know, especially after, you know, who's bad threatened him to fight him. You know, I really don't trust uh, Faker Mayfield at all. Baker Mayfield. I, I don't trust Baker. I don't trust Kitchens and that staff. It's a short week. That's an undisciplined football team. Um, even if the Steelers come out a little cold against the run, I still think the Steelers – can hold water long enough where I think Baker Mayfield is going to turn the ball over a couple of times. I think he leads the NFL in interceptions, if I'm not correct, or he's close to the leader in, in, in interceptions in the NFL. So I like the Steelers to win this game. And I think the Steelers' front will beat up Cleveland's offensive line. So I like the Steelers to win. And I'm not looking at the live chat. Oh, my gosh. But, I, it's but, I'm, looking at, but I'm looking at Jeff. <laughs> And I know the live chat is like, no. <laughs> That's exactly. Dude, I can dude, read you. No. It says, um, let's hear. When you said, I could go back to the exact time when you said that you're taking the Steelers. It's a no, no, oh, no. Oh, no. Dang. Oh, no. Crap. Wow. He picked the Steelers. Book it, boys. Crap. Um, now we're going to lose. Lance is on board. It's over. We are doomed. No, Lance. Please pick against the Steelers. Well, there goes the game. These are all cards. <laughs> See, that's terrible. See, like I, I, I am pigeonholed. So, like, I'm in this bad situation, right? If I pick them to win, I get no credit. If I pick them to lose, I get all the credit when they win. It's a terrible. It's terrible being me. It's a terrible position that I'm in. But I'm picking them. I like. Look, I told you weeks ago, like when we talked about, I think picking some of these games about Cleveland, and I said flat out weeks ago. I said if the Steelers had been, they'd blow Cleveland out both games. Book it. Only reason why I'm saying that, that they won't blow Cleveland out is because they got Mason Rudolph. And because of Mason Rudolph, it'll be a little bit closer. But they haven't been able to block the Steelers for the last two seasons. They can't and, block the Steelers. And their offensive line didn't get any better. And, and their offensive line <laughs> didn't get any better. They're going to eat that offensive line up tomorrow. And, and, and they're going to put it on Cleveland. As you always say, riddle me this. Riddle me this. If the Steelers win their next three games, all divisional games, two Cleveland, Uh-oh. one Cincinnati, they would advance their record to eight and four. And they're the sixth seed right now, by the way. They're already the sixth seed. And talk about controlling their own destiny. They've already beaten the Colts. They still have the Bills on their schedule. And the Browns, I guess you consider them hanging around, but the Bills are ahead of them. They control that game, that head-to-head. If they win their next three are you booking that playoffs? Are you booking that playoff berth? Or you think this thing could all still fall up, fall to pieces? Book them, Dano. Win their next three, and you're booking it. I like that. Book them, Dano. If they win their next three, they're a good football team. I mean, after, yeah. even if you win close games, right? You know, I talked about point differential and point margin, and that's the sign of a good team. But also a sign of a good team is stacking wins. If you win the next three games, you've won seven in a row, right? Good football teams win seven games in a row. I mean, that's that's the sign of a good team, ultimately, is if you stack wins. No matter how you get them, all those style points do matter. Stacking wins matters more. So if you get seven wins, you're a good football team. That's a team with momentum, and that's a team that won't lose. They'll continue to win, and they'll probably go to the playoffs. The Raiders must be the seven seed because the Raiders are also five and four. There must be a tiebreaker or something there. It would be the conference record. Yeah. Something there. I don't know what that is. Anyways, let's do a couple over-unders to finish out the show. Over-under, okay. Thursday night, sacks on Faker Mayfield or any Cleveland quarterback. Four. I'm going to take under. I'm going to say three. I'm going to take over five. Okay. Okay. I think that their offensive line sucks. Let's just put it that way. Um, I'm going to go, okay, let's go with uh, ter- takeaways. Over-under takeaways. Two. I'm gonna go over. Ooh, how many? I'll say three. Okay, I'm gonna push it to one intercept, one interception, two fumble recoveries. Okay, I like that. I'll dig. I'll dig that. 
Over under Steelers turnovers, one. Under, because I said I didn't think they would That's turn right. over. You thought they were going to turn over? I agree with you there. Uh, Mason Rudolph touchdowns, touchdown passes, over under two. Under. You think one or none? One, two rushing scores. Okay. James Conner touchdowns, two. Under, one. So who gets the other rushing touchdown? Samuels. Okay, gotcha. All right. And uh, we'll say the last thing here, over under James Conner rushing yards, 75. Under. What? Seven. Seven. Okay, okay, all right. That's a... <laughs> Seven. I was like, dude, 75. This is, their run defense isn't that good. <laughs> So, all right, very good, very good, good show. I do want to remind everyone that's watching live uh, or listening or watching on our YouTube channel, a lot of people tonight gave us our hard-earned money via the Super Chat, but that's not how everyone can help the show grow. And there's by doing two things, and they're both free. Number one, like this video. Like all of our videos, it helps with our exposure. Number two, subscribe to the channel. We are at 4,500 subscribers. We're only 6,000, baby. 6,000, baby. That's Lance's goal. I set a goal of 5,000. We're halfway there. I think 6,000 is attainable if you all help us out. So subscribe to the channel. We've had a lot of people say, well, when do you guys go live? If you subscribe, you'll automatically know whenever we go live. You'll get an email or a push notification on your phone. Please help us. If you didn't know, we have a YouTube channel. Go to YouTube.com, search BTSC Steelers Radio. We're on every single podcast platform, Spotify, Stitcher, um, yeah, iTunes, Google Play, you name it. Give us a good rating there. It all helps our exposure because that's what it's all about is spreading this from we're already global. My gosh, at the beginning of the show, we had people all over the world watching us live on YouTube. So there you have it. Lance, anything to say before you send us off as you always do? Tune in. Tell a friend and subscribe and just take it <laughs> a little shout out to bad so hey we'll be back tomorrow night thursday night after the game to talk about hopefully the pittsburgh steelers fifth win in a row we'll see you then for another episode of the standard is the standard next week and tomorrow night for a steelers steelers post game see you later